back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm Big Waz, big back from vacation, uh, was in New York, was in Cartagena, back mm. to New York, uh, but I'm back off of vacation, much needed uh, rest and relaxation, much needed family time, friend time, fun time, but we're back to work and joined as always on the west side of Los Angeles, my brother, my partner, Nando Vila, what's going on, bro? Feeling good. Good to have you back. I missed your beautiful voice. I had to. I had to do. I had to have guests on. You know, like it's not the same. It's not the same. Like I, I was talking to. I was talking to Anna Kasparian yesterday, friend of the show, and she was like, you know, I, you know, I appreciate you know the episodes that you guys have guests on, but I like it when you and Waz just. Are, just shooting the shit, you guys like barely prepare, you know, like exactly. <laughs> and you're just it's like a uninterrupted just convo, uh just right. free buds flowing conversation. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I did shouts to DB, shouts to uh what's the con- the councilman from uh LA? Ugo, I forget his name. Hugo uh, Hugo Soto Mendoza. Okay, Hugo Soto Mendoza. Shouts to both of them. DB killed it on the Afghanistan tip. Sorry, Hugo um, Soto Martinez. Excuse Different me, Soto, Soto Martinez killed it just sort of explaining what local government means in the city of Los Angeles. Um, yeah. I had to go out and research them, the gang units in the LAPD. Show see that shit? What the fuck? That was because I had never even heard of that. But um, yeah, shouts to the guests that came through, of course. Thank you, Nando, for holding it down. But we're back this week. Uh, just want to just touch base on a couple of things. Um, as you guys know, we 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 watch cancel culture and liberalism with a very close eye here on this podcast. And something completely hilarious and ridiculous happened with a recent hire for the Jeopardy, new Jeopardy host uh, mm. that me and Nando want to get into. Uh, but first, man, we pulled out of Afghanistan basically as I started my vacation. Uh, Joe Biden stuck to his guns. Um, many people have talked the talk about getting the hell out of these forever wars. Um, Barack Obama, Donald Trump even paid lip service to it, even going so far as to negotiate a departure with the Taliban under his administration. But Joe Biden actually did it. Uh, he freaking left Afghanistan. And what's most important to me, Nando, as I'm reading up on Afghanistan and listening to hours and hours of podcasts from experts who've been paying attention to it all along. Um, what you learn is a couple of things. One, yes, we knocked out Al-Qaeda pretty quickly. We beat back the Taliban. We sent them scurrying. Um, we were able to conquer and secure Kabul, uh, which is the sort of uh, the city epicenter of the country. But guess what? The country is basically 75% rural. And very quickly after that, the Taliban took root in the countryside, and that was it. They were going to be intractable, basically, period, forever. So for essentially 15 years, we knew there was no way to win this thing. 15 years. Again, the stated goal was to go in, make Al-Qaeda pay. Taliban had uh, previously collaborated with Al-Qaeda, so we were going to make them pay. We needed to kill bin Laden. That was the uh, alleged, anyway, um, goal of invading that country in the first place, and we did that shit in pretty short order. Even in you know, if, even if you want to say, all right, it took us till 2011 when Bin Laden was finally captured and murdered. Uh, okay, cool. 2011. That was 10 years ago. Yet we still continued to pour money, 
resources, American troops in that country for a war that we knew we could not win. Okay, Barry did his stupid surge. Uh, freaking Trump just was just droning the place into smith smithereens. Um, all of this shit. So that, and again, this is the these are the key stats for me. And I said this on TYT uh, yesterday, Nando. But this is the key stat for me: twenty years, two trillion dollars. The government you poured those resources into collapsed in seven days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A fucking week. A yeah. week. That's insane, yeah. man. That's that's just like like dude, like I, I can't even there's no there's nothing to compare that to. Like to spend 20 years on a project and two trillion dollars on a project and tens of thousands of Afghans died behind this project. American troops died behind this project. 20 years, two trillion, it collapsed in a week. That's yeah. pathetic. Yeah, people compare it to the fall of Saigon, the famous images of the you know people leaving in the helicopter from the embassy in Saigon, um, and the the South Vietnamese government, which we supported, propped up all which was seen as horribly corrupt at the time, similar to the Afghan government in in, in that sense. That government, after the United States troops pulled out of Vietnam, lasted two years. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, this one lasted seven days. <laughs> yeah, the it's almost like it had zero popular legitimacy uh, because it was seen as just a foreign puppet government yep. and, you know, just designed to essentially steal uh, all the aid money coming in, uh, billions of dollars, uh, you know, just, just, I mean, the whole Afghanistan thing is, is pretty remarkable to me because seeing... Joe Biden pull out. And like you said, it, it, you know, this is this is a genuinely, I think a genuinely courageous thing that Joe Biden has done, which I did not expect to see at all. I expected a kind of half pull out, you know? Um, and uh, to see him just be like, no, we're out. We're out. And then just see every structure of the media from every single direction just go absolutely apeshit on biden's decision to pull out of afghanistan i mean i saw richard engel who's the foreign correspondent of nbc news one of the most famous cor foreign correspondents in american journalism long time kind of foreign reporter the guy who like with like the safari jacket who's like you know we're here you know like doing the foreign correspondent thing he was like you know he's been having like an absolute meltdown over this afghanistan thing and he was like this is the biggest capitulation to western values from any u.s president ever or whatever and it's like shut the fuck up like just shut up. That's absurd. Shut up. And Biden, to his credit, and like his, and to my this is surprise, worse than what we did in Cambodia and Laos. <laughs> what are you talking? Yeah, about? Shut the fuck up. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Biden, Biden, to his credit, has just stuck to his guns. I mean, you know, he 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 gave a he gave a speech Gangster. yesterday from from the from the White House that was just like. No, suck shut it. up! Like there's basically suck a suck it. it. Like I, let's see, producer Sean, we have some sound. Let's maybe play some of the sound. There's nothing low grade or low risk or low cost about any war. It's time to end the war in Afghanistan. As we close 20 years of war and strife and pain and sacrifice, it's time to look at the future, not the past. To a future that's safer. To a future that's more secure. 
to future that honors those who served and all those who gave what President Lincoln called their last full measure of devotion. I give my word with all of my heart. I believe this is the right decision, a wise decision, and the best decision for America. And he's absolutely right. I mean, the the again, don't listen to any of these fucking media freaks who are trying to um, muddy the waters on this decision. It is an unquestionably necessary and good decision. Um, and the last few days of the war in Afghanistan, I mean, it officially ended today, right? Like today's or yesterday, I guess, August 31st was the official end of the war in Afghanistan. And the last few days have been just a perfect, to me, microcosm of what the broader U.S. war on terror is. And that is that, you know, there was this, as the United States was pulling out and, you know, evacuating all these people from 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 the airport, there was a terrorist attack, not from the Taliban, from a different group called ISIS, Remember them? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the the ISIS version in Afghanistan who are opposed to the Taliban. They're like they're the, tal- you know, the Taliban, the and Taliban them, aren't militant enough. They're not <laughs> militant ISIS. enough, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh look, they're collaborating with the foreign invaders, you know, they're you know, whatever. So the ISIS does the the bombing. Okay. Thirteen American service members are killed in the bombing. Something like a hundred and over a hundred Afghans or close to a hundred Afghans are killed in the bombing as well. Many of whom, or most of which were killed by American soldiers who, when the bomb went off, just started shooting their guns and just started like spraying like, you know, crowds with bullets and killed a bunch of people. Okay. So that's, that's that incident. And then the United States in response to that incident says, Oh, well, we need to retaliate. We need to retaliate. We can't let this, you know, we can't let this, you know, we can't let this go unpunished. So the United States in the next couple of days conducts two drone strikes. One against uh, these two guys who they say were ISIS people. Um, again, we have to take them at their word for that. And then another one on <laughs> in Kabul um, on a Toyota Corolla, which they say was packed with explosives. Um, they drone that car in Kabul, killed 10 people, including an entire family and several children. Um, and the family members say that the guy who was killed, the guy who was driving the car, had nothing to do with ISIS. That he was just like a mechanic um, driving around. And the U.S. is like, no, 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 there were bombs in the car. And we know this. We saw it from a drone up, you know, up in the sky. We saw that they were loading up this car with explosives. And, you know, the family's like, nope, this is not what it is. We were just some fucking people. And, again, all the children that you guys murdered uh, – they had nothing to do with it. And so like that, but that is what the war on terror is. That is what these drone strikes are. It's like, we think that there's some terrorists there and then we just fucking drone them. Usually we kill a bunch of people, many of whom had nothing to do with it. And then we wonder why people gravitate towards things like the Taliban or ISIS or Al Qaeda or whatever, any of these groups. Like, to understand. it's of course, like that's what it is. So like, unless you just, unless you, the, the powerful invading force the one who have no business being there in the first place pull out that cycle of violence is going to happen over and over and over and over again the u.s is going to bomb something they're going to kill a bunch of people the people who survive are like fuck that and then they're going to gravitate towards terrorist groups they're then going to attack american soldiers who are going to be like we can't let this go unpunished 
let's join him again, and then over and over and over, over and, and over, over and over again. And and you know, we live in America where people hit the streets, invade the Capitol because they got to get vaccines and wear masks, right? Like that's how angry people get. Now imagine <laughs> some foreign some foreign entity just out of the sky just murdered your niece, your nephew. Uh, just for the sake of it, how angry that would make you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, give me a fucking break here. It's ridiculous. It's obvious what the case is. And, you know, it's important that our listeners understand what the project was really about. It's not really about bringing freedom and democracy to Afghanistan. It's like, all right, we might be able to build a nation in the Middle East where we have unlimited re- um, influence over the leadership structure. We could build the society and economy, uh, you know, basically a, a purely capitalist structure where we don't got shit like the FCC and the SEC and all these regulations. We could just do, you know, unadulterated capitalism in this new country that we make. Here's the experiment. That's the one component of it. And the second component, of course, they don't see these people as equal people, right? Like they, you kind of yeah. don't have the right to govern yourself. You don't have the right to, you know, uh, whatever religious beliefs you have or whatever, because it is brown people in the Middle East. That's that's barely basically what it comes down to. And it actually, you know, of course, and it can't be said enough, the third component of this is literally the military industrial complex. Um, it is the guys who come in and train soldiers, Right. Or, or trained Iraqi soldiers. I mean, excuse me, Afghanistan soldiers. Um, or, you know, they, they're feeding the troop presence that's over there like 200 something dollars per troop so that they can eat like apples and PB and J every single day. It's like <laughs> all of these people, they're building roads in a country where most of these people get around on donkeys and horsebacks. Like there's no cars in the fucking country. Like an American company comes in and builds that stuff. That nobody needs, nobody wants it. We're footing the bill as taxpayers. All it is is just a massive wealth transfer to that class of people. And that's the point of having to go yeah. for 20 years. And Joe Biden's like, guys, y'all made trillions of dollars. Yeah, it's enough. <laughs> it's it's over. enough. It's, it's over. Enough. Oh. I mean, did, you see, did you see the videos of like the Taliban guys on Twitter? I mean, it's so funny that social media exists for this kind of moment, you know, because like back in the day, you, know, you wouldn't see, you know, some Taliban guy couldn't post, you know, his little videos on on Twitter. And these days you could see them and there's like videos of like a Taliban guy, you know, going like, I love this Ford Explorer. Like, you know, like some, <laughs> they're like sitting in some like, you know, I was like, I, was like, I also love the Toyota, you know, like the Toyota Land Cruiser or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're just like riding around behind. on the court. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like the thing now you're seeing is a lot of like these videos of like uh, Taliban guys dressed in. Did you see that video of the Taliban guys dressed in full like special forces American nah, uh, gear that. that they like? Oh my god, that. it's so good. They're just like walking around an airport hangar, like looking like American this GIs, but then it, the camera turns and it's a Taliban guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like I've seen like a lot of people like freaking out because like you know they're like, do you know that? Uh, the Taliban now control more Black Hawk helicopters than 75% of the world's nations. And like, they yeah. actually have more Black Hawk helicopters than, yeah, so. than like the British, the British Air Force or whatever. And it's like, who gives a shit? Who cares? What are they going to do with who gives that? A shit? Like, 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 and that's another thing I think Biden realized too, is like that whole scaring the shit out of Americans with Taliban. And I like, that's done. Americans yeah. have moved on. They're not scared of these cats no more. Y'all better start peddling China 
and all this other yeah. shit is as scary boogeyman. Yeah. Like this because it's just cat. Like the idea that yeah. these dudes in pickup trucks in the middle of the freaking countryside of Afghanistan is somehow gonna, you know, choke your baby in its crib in fucking yeah. Oklahoma somewhere. It's it's absurd. They used to be able to convince people of this. Like people in Nebraska really thinking that some dude in a turban and a beard is gonna come choke yeah. the life out of them. Like they used to be able to scare the shit out of yeah. people with that kind of stuff. But people are over it. Like it's it's yeah. it's over. And again, yeah. like the thing that people need to understand is that this shit has been over for 15 years. Literally, yeah. all the Taliban has is time. That's their country. Yeah. They're not going yeah. anywhere. <laughs> they can't go anywhere, yeah. <laughs> like, on the list of importance when it comes to the American power structure, the foreign the um, foreign policy leaders, et cetera, et cetera, like, when it comes to the ruling class, on the list of importance, Afghanistan might make the top 200. Whereas yeah. for the fucking Taliban, it's number one with a bullet because it's yeah. their fucking crib, you yeah. know? Um, and so it, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. The, the, I just uh, seeing the media to me has been one of the most disgusting things that I can remember. I mean, the media's performance throughout this whole Afghanistan pullout has been one of the most shameful things that I can remember. Uh, you know, it's up there with the WMDs were in Iraq kind of thing. Um, but because, like, if you look at it coldly without this sort of, you know, fucking emotional investment that these people have in this stupid-ass war, the pullout in Afghanistan has been pretty good. You know, yeah. like, like the media narrative I'm has been like, oh, well, obviously the war needed to end, but, like, the way they did it, it's the way they did it that's the problem. Like, they, they, you know, it was chaotic and it wasn't planned. It was, like, as if, like, pulling out of a war is ever chaotic, not chaotic. Like, they like they made a whole fucking movie about Dunkirk, okay? You yeah. know, like, pulling out is not easy, uh, you know. Um, and... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth? um but but really at the end of the day like there was tens of thousands of um people in afghan uh, you know americans in afghanistan that logistically is a very difficult thing they've cut a deal with the taliban the taliban has aided the united states in getting those people out they've actually been you know helping secure the airport and and you know all the routes to the airport and have been actually been playing ball pretty remarkably that in in the pullout like the, i think the narrative that the me i think the people the narrative the media portrays to regular people is that like the americans are like pulling out while the taliban are like you know bloodthirsty like you know like just hordes at the gate you know like and it's no it's the taliban has been cooperating with the united states to help in all the logistics of getting these people out why because they want to fucking govern the country. And the last thing they want is for the United States to like have any excuse to come back or to send like, even if it was like a small Delta force or whatever, like they just want them out. It's like, okay, like we just got to collaborate with you for like two weeks. Okay. And then you're out. Okay, great. We'll do it. And Biden to his credit, even despite all the fucking massive pressure from the media and from the UK, like those fucking ingrates, those fucking British disgusting wow. pigs 
who are like, you can you believe it? Have, you guys, guys don't even have States? a fucking army, bro. You you guys yeah. have allowed the United States to be your fucking army. You don't yeah. get a fucking say in this shit. You don't matter on the global stage, bro. Yeah. The fuck out of here. Go kick rocks. Get the fuck out of here. You don't even have enough, uh, as many uh, Black Hawk helicopters as the Taliban, you fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know they're like you need to extend the deadline you need to extend it like you know and not understanding that that is the most risky thing you can do because if you go back on your word from the taliban that you're going to be out by october august 31st you're just giving them an excuse to fucking start murking people because, again you because know at the end of the day the taliban is an organization and a structure that has factions like any other organization you give those more militant type of people in the Taliban an excuse to be like, look, the fucking infidels, the devils, yeah. those white yeah. fucking devils. They said they were going to do something on the front end. They do something on the back. They apply pressure to the rest of the organization to do something retaliatory in exchange. Yeah. And again, this, this, like, this shit bears mentioning, Nando. The reason why you're dealing with the Taliban in Kabul is because your government that you've propped up for 20 years failed in seven days. That's yeah, why seven days. That's why it's not Karzai's government, you know, the 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 the, the clean transition of going from American, and, you know, we propped you up, we turned you guys into America light, and now we're gonna help you guys evacuate all the people you want, blah, blah, blah. That's why that's not happening. <laughs> like Halliburton, you failed. You all <laughs> yeah. failed at this project. Yeah. All of you guys. You lost the war. We lost it sucks the to lose the war. war. Yeah. Yeah. You fucking no lost. Clean... Yeah. Period. No, it's um it's been I mean, I I I I'll never forget the these these last few weeks because it was the kind of thing where we had I think on some level absorbed the reality that maybe we'd just be there forever <laughs> you know and there's some people who were who were saying that like we should just be there forever like we should just be there for yeah, you know like, like it'll just be like a thing that we do yeah i was like are we um, going to turn them into the 51st state <laughs> like, yeah. what, what does that even mean be there forever that doesn't even make any fucking sense whatsoever like nobody believes that like so many lies have been told over and over it was first it was bin Laden and al-qaeda then it was the nation yeah. building then it was the this then, yeah and we had to do the surge and then we had to it's just like bro like you kind of lose the plot after a certain amount of time and it's just so obvious like this shit was never going to work these guys have been factional and these tribal disputes have been going on for literally, and, and no, this is actually literally, like truly thousands of years, these disputes yeah. have been happening in that region of the world. The the hubris um, of the United States foreign policy establishment to think they, we could just go there and put our dicks on the table and our <laughs> dicks would be so huge and shiny and American that everybody will have no choice but to suck on it. It's, it's just absurd. It's, yeah. it's craziness. Yeah, they put they put their dicks on the table and some fucking Taliban just chopped them off. Chopped it off. That's it. <laughs> That's what happened. And and people yeah. could could complain and um and, and all of that shit. But the bottom line is, man, we gave Halliburton, Raytheon, Special Forces, we gave all of you motherfuckers 20 years to pull it off. Yeah. Unlimited resources, unlimited funds, just unlimited opportunity to prove that you could do what you set out to do and you fucking like this is a failure of the, that set of people and again nobody's like nobody in the media is talking about who lost this war 
right? Like they're sitting around bitching about what Biden's doing on his way out. Nobody's saying like, damn, the strategy was shit. How much did how much did those defense contractors get? How much did we pay them? What did we pay them for? Can we do a rundown of what actually the accounting of who was in there, what their job was, and whether they performed that function? Can we do an audit of this war in the media? Yeah. Let's do that one by one. Let's bring Dick Cheney in here. Let's dig up Rummy from the dead. Uh, let's get George Bush in here. Let's get all of them in here. And let's do a personal accounting of like, all right, we allocated this, 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 because y'all said y'all was going to do this, this, that, and the third. How much of this shit got accomplished? Yeah. Never. That's never going to happen in the fucking media. That would like that just would never happen. Instead, they sit around and bitch because Biden's exit is not cute enough. It's not seamless enough. Ridiculous. The one takeaway you got to, for the people at home, remember this for the next time they try to sell you on one of these things. Yeah. You know, they're going to be like, oh, look at the bad, look at the bad people in yeah. wherever the fuck country. Look Just be like, the burden of proof has to be so high. Yeah. You know? Afghanistan, Iraq, um, Libya, yeah. uh, you fucking name it. I mean, and, and you know, because uh, a lot of this shit doesn't get coverage in the mainstream media. Like, I don't know the last time somebody on in the mainstream press talked about the Congo. We just sent a bunch of fucking troops over there. We got a bunch of people in Somalia because allegedly that's where terrorism is thriving and living today. Like, we're still bombing the shit out of Yemen. Uh, yeah. You know, like there's so much other shit that we're doing, but the next time they want to be like, oh, there's a boogeyman with the turban there's on a, and we got to get the off. Bad man. The, the bad man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, need love to see it. Yeah. And so, you know, we move on from the the triumph of, of Joe Biden finally getting the hell up out of Afghanistan to just more liberal bullshit. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the lie. second most important political story yeah. since you missed out like while you were on vacation there were two important political stories one was Afghanistan and the other one was the new Jeopardy host the those are the Jeopardy. two most important things in America yeah. so so briefly Nando can, can you run the people down on yeah. the dude that was hired and subsequently yeah. what brought him down yeah so uh, okay, so while you were gone, was uh, Jeopardy? You know the Jeopardy, the show, the trivia, beloved trivia show, Alex American Trebek. Alex mm-hmm. Trebek. So that Alex Trebek dies, and so then they, the you know the 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 search for the new Jeopardy host is underway, and the Jeopardy host gig in the hosting kind of world is the most desired gig in America. It is like. Because um, it's super easy, it's very plumb. Easy in the sense that like you don't have to work too hard. Um, you have to be just talented, reading, obviously. You're just like, reading questions and answers. Yeah, and like, and they <laughs> they shoot it like they, they they stack the episodes, and so like the production schedules are very. You know, Trebek was working like you know eight weeks out of the whole year, and he was getting a million dollars. You know, it's a nice little gig. Great, great uh, you know, you get it. yeah, and. So the Jeopardy host is like a very desired gig. Like everyone threw their hat in the ring, you know, like George Stephanopoulos wanted it. And, you know, like, you know, several other people. Aaron Rodgers tried to use it as leverage against his football team. Hell yeah. There you go. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers wanted it. There was like an online campaign to get LeVar Burton from Star Trek on it. 
so they, they test a bunch of little hosts, you know, they give them like a week or whatever. And then at the end of the day, the this guy named Mike Richards, who had become the executive producer of Jeopardy a year before Trebek died, he gets it, right? He He's named the host. Sony Pictures Television becomes the host. And immediately, people are very, very angry. And the people online are immediately like, can you believe this? This is the most the thing. And so then the they start you know, digging into this guy's past. And turns out that he was on a podcast uh, several years ago in like 2012 or some shit where he said some he said some off-color jokes. Turns out that there was a uh, possible uh, sexual harassment or discrimination lawsuit at one of his previous gigs um, that was settled out of court. The, the people the people rally around and this becomes like the cause the most important cause to fight for in America, and they take him down. He's out. Not only is he out as Jeopardy host, he's out as the executive producer of Jeopardy. He's out. This thing, you know, the people, the people rallied around and they got their thing. So then, who gets the gig? A woman named Maim Bialik, who is Blossom. If you guys remember Blossom, the sitcom okay. from the nineties. Yeah, 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 I remember Blossom. Mm-hmm. So She's she becomes character. the host. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the main blossom. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So she she becomes the host. Okay. And then the then they start sleuthing. You know, they start sleuthing okay. her. Okay. And then we had her. And then they, they find some comments that she's made in the past <laughs> about C sections that she doesn't like. That she thinks that C sections, like a woman that needs a C section, <laughs> like uh, a baby should be able to be born naturally. <laughs> <laughs> that a baby, a baby should be able to be born naturally, and so like now there's heat on on Blossom, you know. So I mean, I'm just watching this go down, you know, and like I'm not trying to like you know minimize the Mike Richards things or whatever. I just find the 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 sort of the the passion with which people kind of treat this thing, the Jeopardy host, the it's fucking insane. game show host, like that. It's insane. like it's like wait. It needs to be the person that I want, and because it's it just made me think about like how our culture um, now has become the only thing that matters. In that, because politics is so difficult, and politics has been um, so kind of removed from democratic accountability, um, that you know we you know like we always talk about like the George Floyd protests, largest protests in American history, and nothing happened. Like the system was able just to absorb that. And just kind of nothing changes, right? Because because the democratic structures in the American system are so undemocratic mm-hmm. that people just feel like we we yell, we 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 tweet, we do the thing, on, and the politics doesn't change. Like nothing changes because we just don't have the ability to do it within our system. So what do the people turn to? The Jeopardy host. That we can have an effect on. That we can influence you know so it makes us feel like we're having a positive effect on the world you know it makes us feel like we're doing something right and i'm not trying to like i'm not i don't i don't want to make this seem like that the what mike richard said was okay or whatever it's not about that i don't want to say it's okay i want to say it doesn't fucking matter yeah it's just like the people that like get very invested in this kind of thing yeah that's craziness it's craziness the idea that you would be like i can't believe he said that on a podcast nine years ago who gives a shit? And the thing is, it's 
nobody's life is made better or worse by Mike Richards having this job or not having this job. Like it, it's it's so inconsequential as to like it doesn't matter. It just doesn't yeah. matter. The idea that we would concentrate our efforts into, you know, creating a society in which people are held accountable for podcasts, things they said on a podcast 12 years ago, not that this guy beat his wife, not that this guy abused his children, not that like, what he said some shit you didn't like on a podcast. That's his crime. Yeah. He said some shit as a podcaster. Again, not that he even said it like while he was the head of state or while he had all these people's lives in his hands and he crushed them. And he like he he was a podcaster giving yeah. takes, and you didn't like some of them from nine years ago. How how can this be a thing that matters? I, I just. It's beyond or, me, man. Or if Blossom has some weird thoughts about C-sections, like who gives a shit? Like what? Why is it relevant to it the? Doesn't matter the, to the matter. job. But like, also like, I'll just like just caring that much about the Jeopardy host in the first place to me is like kind of infantile. You know, like it's just the fucking Jeopardy host. Like just fucking watch the show. Who gives a shit about what they yeah. think about like you know rearing children? I mean, it, I remember like you talked about it a lot. Uh, Myers <laughs> Leonard thing, and maybe because I'm a Heat fan, but like right. it happened to, but like Myers Leonard is like what, like the, like the two hundredth best player in the NBA, yeah. like mm -hmm. you know, or like or something like that, like just a total kind of whatever guy, um, and like, but but the feeling that we have in an age in which we have no power, right, in in which democratic in in which democratic control has been basically stamped out by the system right because because labor unions have been beaten back and because um you know the senate has become uh, even more undemocratic than it always was and because you know the house is so gerrymandered that it doesn't matter like um like how how angry you get for a million reasons um the the american political system has basically been able to remove the little democracy part out of it you know the you know the banks still get richer the rich still get richer no matter how much you yell like the the most awful people in the world continue to get richer and your life continues to be slightly shittier every year the the that that feeling of being stuck and of not being able to influence events in the political system is what is driving us to then try to influence whether the you know eighth rotation player on the heat uh, said a bad thing while he was while he was streaming a fucking Fortnite game or some shit with some twelve year olds, you know. Like, um, that's and like that's what's going on there. And I I just want to like I want like people to understand that that is what's that's the phenomenon at play. Because we feel powerless in in politics, we feel the need to exert our influence in any way we can, and we can in these kind of discrete cultural things, which don't affect anything. They they don't. They don't matter at all, but it makes us feel like we're doing something. Yeah, it's you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just sad. It's just, it's just sad. The things that people pretend, or not, I shouldn't even say pretend. It's just sad to watch people get riled up over the most mundane stuff. Like I never thought I'd see the day with the the Jeopardy host was able to galvanize a, a sizable amount of people online to you know basically hring the whole jeopardy host 
process. It's, process. it's absurd. It's, 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 it's an absurdity. And, you know, I'm telling you guys, man, liberalism is eating itself whole. It's just, it's just the dumbest thing to watch. And, you know, I, I honestly don't really make a distinction in my mind from those women at the school boards calling people who want their kids to wear masks demonic to these people online bitching about the Jeopardy holes. I honestly think you're one and the same. I really do think you're two sides of the exact same coin, period. Like it's hysteria. It's hysterical, bro. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a desire to feel powerful, mm -hmm. right? Like with the mask thing and the vaccine thing, like it is, a, it is one of the discrete instances in which as an American citizen, you can exert a little bit of agency, you know? That's what it is. Like you can refuse to get vaccinated. Like, oh my God, like they all want me to get vaccinated. I'm gonna say, fuck no. You know, like, and that's like one of the few times because other than that, like we have no agency. Like our boss can tell us whatever the fuck they want us to do and we have to fucking ask, you know, they, they say jump and we say how high, you know? Like that's that's the reality of life in America is that we, we have no ability to fight back. We have no ability to exert agency, uh, mostly because labor power has been destroyed in America um, and capital has been globalized and we're just, just fucking like little guys just yelling and hoping for, for better entertainment, hoping for that the people on the TV uh, make us feel nice and warm and fuzzy like Ted Lasso. Uh, but uh, uh, that, like, that's, what the, that's what's going on with the whole vaccine thing and the mask thing is that there's this little instance, this little window of opportunity for certain people to say like, no, fuck you. And a certain amount, a certain percentage of the population is going to, is going to take that because we have no power in any other realm. Same thing with the Jeopardy host. If a few people on Twitter get mad about the Jeopardy host, the thing, the thing, the thing, they take them down. It's fucking great. And it feels good, you know, because we, uh, we, we exerted a little bit of power. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just find it crazy. The spinelessness of these corporations one. Cause like, I mean, just the idea that like, it's not worth it for them. Yeah, they, they, I get it. They don't care. They don't care either. Like, just fucking right, get them out. Yeah, get them yeah, out. Fucking, get, yeah, get them out. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, 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 of course. I mean, that's what. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, the fucking <laughs> Jeopardy guy. Just get another one. We just, we just, just got to run the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got. They're gonna have show. to. They're gonna have to build a robot to host Jeopardy. <laughs> so like, oh, you know, it's, like it's craziness. It's craziness. Yeah. Anyway, uh. That's our show for today. Very happy to be back. Shouts to everybody uh, supporting the show. Of course, again, shouts to Nando and producer Sean for bang up job in in um, on my during my vacation, uh, locking in uh, guests and just dope ass segments. So I appreciate you guys for that. Make sure you're uh, listening to every single other count for things offering. Cinefold, pack your knives, the Friday mailbag, you name it. Uh, make sure you're checking those out. And uh, of course, man, make sure to check us out every single Thursday morning. We put these joints out. If you're still listening on the bomb feed, please, please go subscribe to the actual Woke Bros feed. Subscribe mm. to the feed now, please. Um, and rate. So, five stars. Yeah, rate, review, five stars. You know, do the whole damn thing. Y'all know what to freaking do. Anyway, um, we're out of here. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later. <laughs>